This is Yudak Kohen, Brit Chazon, Vision Magazine, and you're listening to the Next Stage Podcast. I'm here in the San Francisco Bay Area with activist Yudak Katz, leader of the Dorenu movement here in the Bay, uh, and a candidate for the current elections to the World Zionist Congress, with the Vision Movement, of course, that's slate number five. Yudak, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good, uh, it's good that you're here. Welcome to the Bay. You've been active a long time with uh, the Vision Movement in its many different incarnations. You're now a leader in Dorenu. Uh, what can you tell our listeners about Dorenu and what it does here in the Bay? Well, uh, the Bay Area is a very uh, simultaneously interesting and difficult place to operate. Anything that's, uh, let's say, nuanced or not exa- doesn't exactly toe the line... Outside of the Jewish community, it's a very diverse place. It's a very countercultural place. It's a very it's a place of uh, intellectual radical politics. How would you say you identify politically? I don't consider myself a Democrat or Republican at all. Mm. Um, I'm an immigrant kid that kind of like grew up in the Bay, adapting to to, to American society on a macro level and to Northern California Bay Area society. I- from where? Um, I was born in the USSR mm-hmm. um, from a uh, Jewish family. Mm-hmm. You're Kohen. Uh, I'm a Kohen from a uh, what used to be a pretty serious community in, in what's now called Belarus. Mm-hmm. And um, I was born in Gomel. My father was born in Uzbekistan. My grandfather was born in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And my brother, who lives here, actually just moved to San Francisco. His kids are born in America. So I guess it's four different countries in four generations. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, Sounds like you've been homeless a long time. Well, definitely, definitely the family has, in, in my generations that I've met that I can remember, mm-hmm. it's interesting that we've moved around so much either due to political circumstances or war or, you know, in search of opportunity or in search of identity or... That's, that's kind of how life has been in the past, within the past uh, less than 100 years, right. you know, and, for, and since you my grandfather's time. Like meaning, I do. Point, I, I you want to come back to Jerusalem. I do have a, that as a life goal, as a mm-hmm. life plan. I don't know if uh, if it would like, be just like cut the wandering and come home. I don't know if it would be necessarily Jerusalem. Depends on where I am in well, terms you're, of you're my. It, it depends on where I am in terms of my personal life. Like mm-hmm. if I have a family or if I'm single, you know, could be could be could be at that at that point in time. I would prefer to live coastal. I would prefer to live in a suburb of Jerusalem. It depends, but definitely it would be an honor to live in Jerusalem at some point. So that that that, that is that is part of the uh, near future goal. Okay, nice. And now you're running for the World Zionist Congress. You're a candidate with the vision slate, slate number five in the elections to the World yes, Zionist Congress. Yes, yes, Why do we have a World Zionist Congress 53 years after we return to Zion? Um, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I, I really wasn't sure before we got into this. Uh, I think it was the last time about five years ago. I really wasn't sure what it was all about because I, I'd been involved, politically involved, uh, particularly with the... Uh, goes back to the story I was uh, telling in the beginning. The Jewish establishment here mm-hmm. kind of tends to pander to some of the politics but doesn't really, unfortunately, inspire the community or, or advance Jewish causes here or does or gives the people appropriate authentic Jewish content and value in education so mm. 
the community here isn't just disconnected they're like from each other they're disconnected from anything authentically Jewish and there's there are a number of organizations trying and there are when you say authentically Jewish that's probably a pretty loaded term like what is authenticity when it comes to Jewish I mean don't a lot of Jews in the Bay Area self-identify as Jewish in many different ways and express their Jewishness in many different ways yes yes but I think that um, the self-definition is sometimes cut off from the roots mm -hmm. and I think that the self-definition isn't necessarily based on a lot of internal knowledge and, and is, the, the identity tends to be a little bit whitewashed a little bit convoluted and confused and um, I think that's a result of not having that educational system mm -hmm. not, ha not having available kosher food not having institutions that really create a community the way I remember the way I've seen in Israel the way I remember in the old country where people kind of knew each other everybody in the same block the way um, a structured system a structured community where everybody kind of get got got together let's say for Shabbat or for holidays would create a healthier situation I guess the I guess the Jewish community here tends to fall mostly somewhere between liberal politics and and, and radical left leftist politics and perhaps there's a, a place for that, of course, within Jewish communal thought and Jewish identity, but it really most of the time tends to overshadow both Jewish identity and Jewish causes and, 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 and what we... We don't even think on a level of what, what do we want as a community, and that's unhealthy. You know, like you everybody, mean, you, you like mean, like like other groups not only, uh, let's say, consider what their individual needs are, what their family needs are, but also put forth, like, this is what we need for our community. Other mm -hmm. ethnic communities in, in, in the Bay... Tend, tend to have let's say communal goals mm -hmm. let's say this is what we're missing in our community this is what we would like a community center or, or, or a church or a Buddhist uh, uh, you know center or you know a Sikh a, a Sikh center of worship or, or we need our own school or, we, or this is this is what we're missing politically or we need this kind of representative and the, and the Jewish community I think lacks communal vision communal co cohesion here where we are and I think there are a lot of intellectual Jews there are a lot, a lot of people who care about the world and they are inspired because naturally I think we're an inherently rebellious people and inherently uh, people that, that want to go out and make change and I think that that energy we can call it uh, in, 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 in a way we can call it like a, like a revolutionary fervor that it's being kind of spent in a direction that doesn't that overshadows that the Jewish, overshadows the Jewish the, part. Meaning, like, you, you the feel Jewish like universalism. Cause. The universalism is overshadowing the Jewishness for a lot of Jews in the Bay Area. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Everybody else's cause ahead of ours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And it's really only as, like, fully liberated Jews that we can show up for other people. It's like, we can actually benefit the world when we're us. When we're us in the strongest form. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do think, I do think, you know, it's, it's uh, almost... Uh, Perhaps a cliche, but that whole airplane and analogy with 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 a person uh, using using the oxygen mask on the airplane. You know, mm -hmm. they say that you, you have to put on the ox oxygen mask first before you can um, help someone else. Help someone else that's 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 you know struggling on the on the airplane. If God forbid there's there's a, there's a situation, there's an accident, you know. And I do think that when people kind of prioritize everybody else's social justice movement or political movement or, 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 or struggle above our own, we lose sight of ourselves and we show up incomplete and we show up unhealthy, mm -hmm. right? Right, right. And that's, that's part of what's missing here in the Bay. So a lot um, of what Dorenu does is actually try to provide that Jewish identity. 
to, to ground people in the story of the Jewish people in, in Jewish history and Absolutely. to see where they fit into that story, how they can be characters in this chapter of Jewish history. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think that we do thankfully have a place where I, a lot is missing on the, in the American Jewish community. Um, I think one of the good things that we have available is the, the Chabad centers that are spread throughout the Bay. So you can go get a Shabbat meal. You can go, you go, go somewhere for a holiday. You can, there, are, there are some resources recent, more recently available, especially as trends in Silicon Valley have brought a lot more Israelis um, over to the Bay because growing up, you would, you would hear Chinese, of course. You would hear Hindi. You would hear Spanish. Now you walk into a Trader Joe's and you hear Hebrew. It's a new thing. It's a past, like, 10, 12 years. You know, and that's due to Silicon Valley buying up a lot of a lot of what, the innovation that, that that's made in Israel a lot of the a lot of the technological advancements are very you know uh, are you know heal people and and and, and fast moving technologies a lot of brain power coming out of Israel and a lot of uh i guess business opportunities so you know you have Waze and Viber and WhatsApp you know a lot, a lot of uh, Israeli companies are being bought up by Silicon Valley giants or Israelis are expanding their their centers to the to the bay because of course Silicon Valley is the center of all the all the tech Skynet <laughs> we're not quite there yet but artificial intelligence is, is, is a topic nowadays for sure yeah. yeah how do you feel you work in tech right I do mostly make my money in tech for the past uh, 11 mm-hmm. in high tech for the past uh, 11 years or so okay what do you do exactly in tech slightly different roles at different jobs but I You're was a I was a technical problem solver something called site reliability engineering mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's basically a way of uh, keeping the technical back end of, of a huge business operation alive and running mm-hmm. and without a lot of downtime because if there's downtime you know a small company might lose thousands of dollars a huge company might lose tens of millions mm-hmm. you know depending on what's going through that market and sitting on those databases and servers mm-hmm. and, 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 and on, you know going through those networks and, and, and sitting in the, in, in, in the cloud da- databases because that's, that's, that's what business is done nowadays is in the cloud and you have to have um, you have to have constant availability. <laughs> the cannabis industry that's a that's another interesting topic. Um, it's obviously a big, huge thing in California, but you know to get in on that, we're we're, we're probably a good <laughs> ten years behind. People say I'm not, I'm no expert, so it's hard for me to speak on it intelligently and in, 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 you know from to, to some extent, but. To get into the cannabis business in a serious way, you would have already had either had to had your feet on the ground or already have your hands in that. Like, what back when it was illegal? Because uh, recently, cannabis became recreationally legal in the Bay. Um, prior to that, when we were growing up, it became um, medicinally legal. But there's two uh, different, I think, competing trends. It's the people who were in those businesses in the business, like prior the, the growers and the people who were, you know, mm-hmm. making various edibles and selling let's say in a black market prior prior to legalization there's the, there's those groups of people and also like major corporations that are that have the money that have the that have the experience marketing products that have the experience you know manufacturing and 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 that have the resources that, that's the other these are two competing forces these are two competing you think forces. They can't get together. They can't say, "Hey, wait, you're really good at this, and we're really good at that." No, they 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 are definitely getting together on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it's a multi-billion-dollar business at this point, mm-hmm. legally already. Like right, not right. just not, just black, not just black market. Like it's already a multi-billion-dollar business, and it's interesting. 
I, and I, it, there's also even, of course, a, a Jewish component mm-hmm. that I saw not in NorCal at the moment because we're not, we're a bit, going back to what I was saying, we're at, like, unfortunately, an anti-traditional community in, a, in, in, in the uh, Jewish sense. So when in, 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 in a place like Los Angeles, there's a lot of more people who keep kosher, there's kosher stores, mm-hmm. especially like in, a, in the Pico Robertson area and places like that where people do go out and, 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 and you have kosher stores that thrive relatively and you have kosher restaurants that thri- thrive. And so I've been to uh, events where they had kosher, like like a, like a edibles, and they were certified. Like they had a hexer, they had, they had the ability to get a certification from, I, I'm not sure if it was the OU, but they had like a legitimate hexer. So California, you and know... And you've, you've tried marijuana? Well, you know, I grew up in California, so <laughs> when in Rome, you know, there's a there, there's a, there's a specific. Uh, it's how we grow up, you know. It's part of like in California, cannabis herb, you know, weed. It's like wine, you know. We we're we're, we're just uh, where we're sitting now is just uh, about an hour hour and a half south of uh, Napa and Sonoma, which is the wine country region outside of, of Eritrea. Uh, the, outside of Eritrea, well, I was going to say of the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're a big, we're a big region. There's also kosher wineries here as well, but we're big wine connoisseurs, and we're also very big cannabis connoisseurs uh, in, in in California. And that probably, in fact, does tie into the to the countercultural um, mindset of the area because you know cannabis was uh, often, among other things, has been associated with like radical politics and and various alternative lifestyles, et cetera, et cetera. So. Mm-hmm. We are definitely connoisseurs of wine and cannabis as well. Nice. And so, Doreno, does that does wine or cannabis fit into your work in Doreno? Absolutely, absolutely. So we we do uh, let's say uh, we, we, we we've done wine tasting events, we've done Shabbatot, we've done holidays, and the the objective and the kind of the format is to have like a cool social event where we get together and we do something fun, like whether it be an outdoor activity or indoor activity or a meal or a holiday. Or just chill, smoke kuka, you know, taste wine or, you know, whiskey tasting, whatever. Any type of social activity that we come up with that we really want to do, but with content. And with the type of content where we're not afraid to discuss, you know, sensitive internal issues, sensitive political issues, sensitive spiritual, cultural issues. And the goal is to figure out what issues are important to our community, where we're going to be successful both individually and as a collective. And where we sh- what we should be thinking about, like, because otherwise it's like, you know, we're not ants. Like, we're 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 people that hopefully that at least strive to live to live meaningful lives. And the people that do, like yourself, I think you're an example of someone that lives a very meaningful lifestyle. Like, I think you, mm-hmm. I've seen you, you know, since you were close friends for, you know, approximately twelve years. I've seen that you get you know, have a lot of purpose in your life and, and and i think that's like a big thing in the world but especially in a place like this where everybody's particularly jews who really have a void are seeking out buddhism and they're seeking out various you know yoga and alternative spirituality and so i think that the more meaningful we can make people's lives in a jewish context and 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 also give people the headspace to feel engaged and feel purposeful about something other than going to work and 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 you know eventually taking care of their family but what 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 their what their family is about what their community is about what their life goal is five years out ten years out what the community goal is what do we actually want like what's our political stance on things so 
it's very, very interesting. We're having conversations no one else is having either because, well, we're also grassroots. Like, we don't, we're, we're not answering anybody. We're not under any establishment organization. We don't have any major donors that tell us what to do, which is, you know, for better or worse. But this is, this is something new and exciting and fresh, and um, it's, it's an honor to be a part of it and, and to participate in it and uh, to bring that to bring that energy into the World Zionist Congress. Right, so Dorenu is part of the broader vision movement. Like, vision movement is a few organizations, Dorenu is one of them, you're a leader in Dorenu, so you're a candidate on the vision slate for the World Zionist Congress. Yes, yes. And, and you hope to bring some of Dorenu's educational methodology and ideology into the World Zionist Congress? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is this is what I mean. The conversations that we're having, the work that we're doing, what what we are unpacking, is so fascinating because it it's 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 an interesting time that we're really living in. Because what happened historically, in my understanding, is we basically were a great civilization for like hundreds or you know nearly a thousand years in our homeland and we were expelled and because we were expelled and had to adapt to these different societies and these different geographies that we lived in we kind of like became uh, a ghost nation or, 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 or you could use the like analogy a uh, like a, you could use the analogy of like a starving person like a, a bum wandering through history right and the person has to like discard anything he's carrying in his backpack anything extra like other than just whatever he can walk with right mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of you know philosophy and art and 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 ideas that have to do with science and 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 interacting with 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 other nations and interacting with other people that we discarded because we just had to adapt to whatever societies we lived in and it was just especially for Ashkenazim and also for Jews all all over the world but it was just in a lot of places run fight run fight and a best fight you know and 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 because of that like a lot of cultural elements were lost and so we're having we're going through because we were because I think we were privileged to to be alive in a time of uh, uh, some you know some seven decades after the liberation of our homeland and our country that that put an additional very exciting element back into our identity and so now we both in Israel and in that in the diaspora are going through a cultural resurgence and so we're unpacking some of those things that we lost because I, I think we're slowly going through the process of healing and reunification, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, on the one hand, people can, can get caught up in, in the, every other social justice movement, you know, and, 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 and that's, 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 all, that's all they're able to, to have in their headspace because people still have to go to work and they still have to handle their errands and et cetera, et cetera. But we want to give people a connection back in so that they can be a part of part of the story, like it's a, you know, such an interesting story, and where we are historically, being privileged to be born into this into this time period. And what I've seen is that most organizations, I've been with a lot of different movements over the years. I've been a lot with a lot of different involved with a lot of different organizations over the years, and most aren't successful at inspiring people to connect back in the way that I've seen. Uh, you know, in all humility, members members in our movements be able to engage people. So I want to bring that that energy, that inspiration, that um, new perspective. Especially, we have like a all all young people and people from really. It's another fascinating thing. We're a unifying force for people for people from different parts of the political 
spectrum like from if you if you talk about the western political spectrum even though it's like you know what we're doing is a different animal it's, i think it's outside of the spectrum but we're, we're able to bring people from different political viewpoints different classes different uh let's say whose parents are from different geographic origins and speak different languages but all jews behind a cause and, and engage them in this conversation it, in a way like a unifying vision it's a unifying vision that's not watered down that's authentic, that's not watered down, but that's exciting. Absolutely, that's exciting and it's inclusive of different tendencies. Um, but that, that, but that, but that, that makes people sensitive to our current gaps, like our, things we're currently missing, things we're, we're currently suffering from or, being dis- or ways in which we're being discriminated or ways in which we're even psychologically, whether we're being oppressed or psychologically oppressing ourselves or just putting, even without knowing, certain things that are bad for us into our system or into our mindset or into our communal set of goals and and you know i think it's just such an exciting time and those conversations need to be taking place and and at doreno uh you know we're starting to have those conversations we've been having those conversations we definitely want to bring that to the world zionist congress and inspire and create together come to you know brainstorming and 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 put forth uh, goals for for the new Jewish direction, for the Jewish liberation of our time, and you know, it's 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 an interesting project to be a part of in this time and place. And, right. and it's one of the most amazing chapters of Jewish history that we're privileged to be born into. Now, yeah. if now voting, I think so. I believe that voting for the World Zionist Congress is for United States Jews until March 11th. People have until March 11th to vote. That's really soon. Yeah. If people want to vote, they go to zionistelection.org and you have to pay. If you're uh, over 26, you have to pay $7.50. But it was actually the vision movement that fought for people 25 and under to be able to vote for $5. The money does not go to any party. The money goes to the American Zionist movement, which runs the election. And after you pay, after you register, you vote for Vision, slate number five. That's how you send people like Yuda Katz to the World Zionist Congress, uh, other like-minded revolutionary thinkers who are active characters in Jewish history and want to inspire others to become active characters in Jewish history in order to really utilize the resources of the Zionist movement to identify and achieve the next goals of Jewish history. And I think that's a really important part of the conversation to really ask ourselves what are the goals of Jewish history, what was already accomplished, what's left to accomplish, and what can we do to be characters in the story of doing it. I think that's crucial. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and let your friends know. Let your friends know. Like, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I believe that the, that the audience here knows that this is important and knows that this is relevant. And, and don't please do vote. It's very important. It's crucial that, that we have your support because we are the biggest underdog in the election. We don't have any major backing. We are grassroots and, and we've been doing out-of-pocket activities for many, many years. And we would really love to have an opportunity to, to do healthy programming and worldwide, particularly in this case, in, for diaspora Jews here, here in the United States. Um, and of course, I, I think people are confused by new messages. And a lot it's a very of the, complicated message. Right, a lot it's of very the message, message coming out of the vision movement, it can be complicated. So just to clarify like one thing that I think is really important to a lot of listeners and a lot of voters, where does the vision movement stand on the land of Israel and on the Trump land? 
It, this is um, in one minute. It, 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 look, it's, I'm, I'm struggling with the one minute thing, but it's definitely, it's definitely. Uh, Where does the Vision Movement stand in the land of Israel? Well, the Vision Movement is definitely for Jewish sovereignty in the entire land of Israel. We're against surrendering the land. We're against splitting the land. We're against uh, you know expelling Jews from their homes, and and we do believe we have every legal, moral, and historical right to. For Jews to live in, in our country. Now there are a lot of Jews who agree with you in the United States, right. who recently began to express support for Donald Trump's deal of the century. Oh man, it was crazy! Like, like it was a, it was like a. a, a we were talking about it the other day. It was like a, a switch flipped in people's heads. Like I understand, I understand. You know, people have different perspectives, and there's people all over the country. Some support Trump, some support Bernie, and they have different. It's fine to have political disagreements, but this is not. It's it, what was particularly crazy for me is that the same people who consistently for a long time politically were against, uh, let's say, a Palestinian state or against a two-state solution, which is something that's been rehashed like eight or ten times since I believe it was 1937 was the first time they tried to split the land, one, you know, as far as the international community goes. And people who were consistently against this, who, who saw it as the injustice that it is, and it really truly is unjust and not feasible and just a, a very a bad thing, definitely a bad a bad policy as soon as the trump plan came out it's as if they they closed their eyes like i I don't understand it's it it, we have we have a plan that literally rehashes the two-state solution with some intricacies here and there this part of the land we cut off that part of the land we don't but it's still a two-state solution it definitely like I, i don't understand how a person can be honest and consistent and consistent and ideological and say no, no, we're against the two-state solution, but we support this Trump plan. Like, if you like Donald Trump or whether you hate Donald Trump and his policies as an American president, this is a different issue. This is an issue that, that is of central importance to the Jewish community in Israel and in the diaspora. And nobody has the right to do this kind of thing, whether it's a, a good president and a bad president. This isn't an American issue. This isn't an American. It is a Jewish issue, a deeply Jewish issue. And I do think that people need to be oppose oppose the 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 a Palestinian state or any sort of land surrender any sort of non-jewish sovereignty any sort of non-jewish sovereignty in any part of Israel is by definition foreign and by definition unjust and everybody should oppose it and you know the people that kind of switch sides or close their eyes or said we're playing this game or it's a trick look it's wrong it's wrong and it's been wrong and it's consistently wrong and like if you're an honest intellectually honest person honorable person like and you had this perspective before. I don't understand what, what has to do with now. It's part of the Trump plan. Okay, you like Trump. Whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, this is wrong consistently. So please be consistent. Be principled, you know? Yeah, well said. So again, if you uh, want to oppose a Trump plan and, and fight for the land of Israel, vision movement, that's slate number five, at ZionistElection.org. Send Yudha Katz to the World Zionist Congress to help strengthen the Jewish people's connection to our identity, to our homeland, and to resist any attempts to divide our land. This is Yudha Kohen, Brit Chazon, Vision Magazine, and you're listening to the Next Stage Podcast. Check out the show notes at visionmag.org backslash vision.